The next time Samoa Joe mentions my family's name, I'm gonna rip his heart out and show it. Oh my, oh, oh my God, it's Samoa Joe! The Coquina Clock, no! Now it's Samoa Joe! Somebody's got to get out here and get this under control. Leave it up to Samoa Joe to ambush AJ Styles again. Come here. Come here. Oh, Wendy! It seems like we're making a lot of promises tonight, including one to come home and tuck in the kids. But guess what? Daddy's already done night-night. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to the A Show. I am Justin, of course. I am joined by Meals. What's going on, Meals? I am tired, but I am here. <laughs> when are you? When are you not tired? I think, didn't you just go to the gym? I literally just came from the gym. Literally just came from the gym. I still smell, so you know. Uh, Luckily, you know, this isn't a live podcast of any sort, but maybe we'll get that in the future. And, you know, you just deal with it for now. You always smell to me. <laughs> you know, so. Oh, my God. But what an amazing weekend just in Brooklyn. And, 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 and just in tar- you know, I walked by the Barclays Center yesterday, completely forgot they were still doing shows there and ran into it in a giant SmackDown crowd. Oh, wow. It's just like in the middle of like a very, very long walk. Like I decided I wanted to take a walk yesterday. I ended up walking like three miles for some reason. Yeah. And, and uh, I walk- Go ahead. And I mean, they've been there for almost a week. Yeah. But I didn't even realize. I was like, oh, yeah, it's SmackDown. So I literally walk and there's a million wrestling fans outside. And I'm just like, holy crap. I was like making fun of people walking there. I was like, look at that bozo. And then I realized they're walking towards the Barclays Center. And what, what was more lit? Was it NXT crowd or was it the SmackDown crowd more lit? I don't, I don't know if you went to see the Smack the SummerSlam I didn't or the see, Raw crowd. I didn't see the SmackDown show. All right, so e- easily NXT is more lit because it is the first show of the weekend. Yeah. It is, people are antsy to see it. Um, I got there. Do, should I do my entire rundown? No, we're gonna we're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to, let's let's get to No Holds Bar first. We have a stacked show today. Uh, just our post mortem uh, SummerSlam weekend thoughts. Uh, first, the first on the the agenda today, uh, Matt Riddle, and I think if everyone saw this on on NXT uh, Takeover of Brooklyn, which we'll talk about in a second, you saw Matt Riddle finally make his first appearance as a contracted WWE star for the NXT brand. Uh, we had talked about these rumors a couple of weeks ago, and and they were, of course, true. Matt Riddle is a part of NXT, and they gave him the in-the-crowd shot. I th- that's just become such a synonymous uh, shot for when they sign someone. Is that they're in the crowd. This, yeah. They're just there. I believe like they have to do one every quarter just to keep... 
<laughs> just to show it's like a renewable thing. Like every quarter they have to sign someone big and put them in the crowd. It's kind of actually crazy. But yeah, it, you know what? It was a great moment. Um, the people in Brooklyn knew who he was. Loved. I mean, for the most part, knew who he was. I'm sure there was plenty of people who had no idea who he was. But the Brooklyn crowd was very receptive to Matt Riddle. Um, yeah, and, and very receptive. I mean, he suited up, which is which is different than probably his attire or any other time that you see him. He still had the, the flip-flops on, though. Well, yeah, of course. You know. <laughs> He's like, listen, are you taking shots of my feet? No. Perfect. Great. All right, dope. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's run. <laughs> uh, but this is a very big signing. I think, honestly, this is not that they don't need to sign anyone else, but this is the biggest get and really in the indies right now like matt riddle had a fantastic 2016 uh, of course and of course he's from wwn and, and evolve fame and um he's just been i mean he's only been doing this for two years and he's been on the tear on the indies and he's just really made a name for himself and he's just become one of the most popular indie stars they snatched him up literally you know so quick that i think i think his wife did an interview or a video a couple of days ago she said that a couple of, in, in uh, early june of this year new japan which was like the one company that everyone said that he wasn't going to get into because of you know the, the types of recreational activities he likes to do mm-hmm. they they reached out to him and then of course contractually he had to tell gabe sapolsky of evolve and you already know gabe sapolsky works with wwe and nxt and evolve is kind of like a training center for people who are eventually going to NXT. So he told Gabe, and she said less than 30 minutes later, Triple H had called him and gave him a deal. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And so uh, the rest, you know, as they say, is history. But Matt Riddle, I mean, he's a blue chipper, honestly. Like, this is a guy that, like I said, former MMA guy, learned the business in two years. Um, no one friendlier. I've, I've seen him all year P- PWG, um, starting from, like, the beginning of the summer all the way on. I think he's had some of my best, some of the best, some of my favorite matches this year. And I think this is just a fantastic gift for the WWE. I think that the sky's the limit for this guy, honestly. I think he's going to fit right on the NXT brand. And judging how they treat these sort of, you know, independent talents who have been wrestling around the world, um, I'd say it's probably a short amount of time before we actually see him on NXT television, probably even by the next NXT takeover, to be quite honest. Um, Probably the taping is tomorrow, hell. Hell yeah. I mean, you, you never know, but it's like, it's, you know, it's, it's a crazy phenomenon. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see where he goes from here. He's faced a lot of people who are currently in NXT before he's faced the, you know, he's actually faced the NXT champion before in, in some capacity. So maybe we have that to look forward to. Um, you know, it's a, it's exciting. It's exciting. New signing. Very, very exciting. Uh, so shout out to him and his family. If you haven't gotten a chance, there is a, uh, and I should put that the link to that in the uh, in the bio for this episode. There is a, an Evolve produced documentary or kind of like a farewell video for Matt Riddle. And it's very emotional and it's very, very awesome. And you just kind of see the the mark that wrestling has left on his life. And, you know, if he, if he follows that same path, then he's going to be great. I, I really do think he's going to be great. No, I need um, to next thing on... Now. Yeah, it's I really good. It. I'll, I'll send you the link. Is, is it the Farewell Matt Riddle? Yeah, uh, you, you literally type in Matt Riddle Evolve in YouTube and boom, it's right there. It's the first one. Yeah, it's, it's an awesome video. It's about 10 minutes long. It won't take too much out of your day, but watch that and you'll see like this is this is really a guy that a lot of people in just a short amount of time. And that video has appearances from Kyle O'Reilly, uh, Keith Lee, everybody that like a lot of people that are signing NXT right now are in that video. Johnny Gargano is in it. A lot of people are in that video. So check definitely check that out. Uh, when you get a chance uh next up on the docket we have alexa bliss versus trish stratus uh that match is happening at evolution in october 
a lot of people are very upset about this and another rumor match we're going to get to a little bit later on the show but how do you feel about this match or the, the announcement of this match you know it's very um it's very telling that this was the first match they announced because i believe they could have gone in several different directions and announced a whole bunch of things with different people for instance um like something with ronda rousey i thought would have been like a, a shoo-in whether she's the champion or not just a shoo-in for a match that she announced uh, the fact that they went with Alexa Bliss versus Trish Stratus, these, this era versus era, Trish Stratus, um, pretty much the uh, everything, the sort of current, you know, women's wrestler is kind of modeled by after today and Alexa Bliss, who's essentially modeled her career after Trish Stratus. Um, I thought it was a, I thought it was an amazing battle. You know, quite honestly, I think everyone and you'll get the detractors. And I think there's a lot of detractors, but I just kind of think wrestling fans are kind of programmed in a way where you know if it's not the if, if it's not the peak thing they if it's not the match they want they should all over it well they wanted sasha in that in that spot and i honestly like that's cool but like what are we basing this off of just her yeah i don't think posts? it works for, yeah i don't think it works for right now i mean i think do i think a sasha banks versus trish stratus feud? i thought you know if sasha banks returned heel like eight months ago like it was probably promised yeah i would have been all for it yeah. um but the match at least right now has no context besides just like you know beloved wrestler versus beloved wrestler with alexa bliss versus trish stratus you can get an actual beef out of that you can get yeah. an actual feud out of that you have the you you have alexa bliss modeling her career after trish stratus you have a mickey james factor inside of it you have both of them being athletic um former women's champions very long reigning women's champions like this is a dream match in a sense yes yeah, really it was really a no-brainer to me when it was announced also i i mean i i get the sasha thing but um i'd just say wait and see for that card honestly uh, next up, Matt Hardy and Jason Jordan. Uh, as you already know, Jason Jordan's been out with a neck injury for the past uh, nearly six to eight months uh, now. And Matt Hardy has been off TV for the past couple of weeks dealing with his own uh, nagging injuries. But it's being said and being reported by PW Insider that both of these uh, talents are being possibly cycled out. And, and uh, they've been shadowing producers for a, a possibility of a off-air role in the future for both of these guys. Um, you know what? It's, I'm not mad at that at all. I think Matt Hardy is a very creative mind and he has a lot to lend, especially um, competing for so long and also not just competing in, you know, the Attitude Era and the late 90s, but also competing in this climate and kind of understanding how wrestlers work today and what makes the crowd pop today um, and, and personalities and all this other stuff. I think it's great for Matt Hardy. And I think, you know, it's also great for Jason Jordan, who is, you know, it's, it's, it would seem like it's something similar to what happened to, to Tyson kid or Corey uh, graves or, or Corey graves in a sense of just like a career ending injury at the sort of peak of you know everything going on and jason jordan isn't just like a guy who's just on the roster jason jordan has been a guy who's been in nxt probably he was probably in nxt for like four years before he actually debuted he helped with a lot with a lot of the 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 new acts coming in he helped train a lot of people he was he was the guy you you, you watched the old tough enough where you saw like sonia deville and and uh and, mandy rose and, and mandy rose and zz and all this other stuff and you see jason jordan there training with the people so it, it He's he's definitely if this is his role, which I would hope, you know, it doesn't turn out to be permanently. But if it is, you know, you can't be mad at it. And I've heard that Jason Jordan potentially has the neck injury that Edge had, um, in which case it's like that really Edging sucks. Yeah, I believe so. Um, and this isn't confirmed. Don't hold me to it. But 
I, I mean, Matt Hardy, I, th- I thought it was a matter of time. I always thought that this contract that they signed, uh, what, two years ago, almost a year ago, that last mania, I thought that this two was going to be, yeah. I thought this was going to be their last one anyway. I, it hurts to watch Matt wrestle. It hurts even more to watch Jeff Russell. Um, and I think these two, it's it fine. It me way more to watch Matt wrestle. Matt, <laughs> <laughs> it looks like he can't walk. Yeah, honestly. It, his hip is terrible at this point or his spine or anything just like it's just terrible and and jeff hardy is like he's kind of angling towards the same type of thing um you know what i would i would consider a jeff hardy career just like just have him be on a part-time basis i think he can still contribute um i just think he just can't contribute on a weekly basis like we're currently seeing him now but i believe wwe wants him on that weekly basis yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, you know, when it, when it comes down to it, the Hardys, have, they've, they've got their legacy I'm yeah. f- and, and, they're, and they're cool with that. And I think with Jason Jordan, he could possibly, I, I think Matt will work really well in the main roster. Mm-hmm. And I think Jason will work really well on the NXT roster, especially with the tag teams, especially with the tag teams. You know, I really hope, because I feel like he was just coming to his own in the last couple months, um, and just finally starting to understand how things click, not just from an in-ring standpoint, but from a personality standpoint. Yeah. So I'm hoping it kind of works out in the future, but it's, you know, neck injuries are a serious thing. Neck injuries are the reason why Paige is no longer wrestling, um, why a lot of people no longer wrestle. I mean, after Nikki Bella, your career is shortened mm-hmm. um, greatly. Like you have a, there's essentially a time limit on your career after that point. And, you know, maybe it's for the best. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, but best of luck to those guys if this turns out to be true. But um, just from the way that it's been looking, it's looking like that is going to be the case. Uh, last thing on No Holds Barred before we get to NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, Chris Jericho in a recent interview said that he recently or, or a couple months ago, he pitched a Intercontinental title versus Intercontinental title match where he would put up his Intercontinental title from that he won from uh, Tetsuya Naito in New Japan up against Seth Rollins, who was the IC champion at the time. Uh, I just put this here because I think it's it's literally crack sizzling. That is some that is some <laughs> crackhead shit. For one, somebody has to lose that match, and you right, think right. you think New Japan's gonna agree to let you take their belt to WWE and lose? Hell no. I think if there was a if there was definitely a working relationship, and it's clear there's like there isn't quite one. Um, I'm sure both entity entities realize the one another exists and they, you know, they work around each other when WWE comes to Japan and a lot of talent interact, but there hasn't really been that relationship. Now, I'm sure everyone would love to see that relationship between New Japan wrestling and WWE and maybe even a talent exchange, because I think that would just be a dream come true. And I think, I think it's definitely a possibility, but I don't think it's a possibility in this realm of the WWE where Vince is running. I think it may be more of a possibility if Triple H in the future, you know, decides to take the, you know, the helm of things. But yeah, this match in this climate, it's definitely not going to happen. Absolutely. Absolutely not. Uh, So let's get into NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4. Mills, you went to the show, of course. Uh, And I, I think just overall, like how... I think just overall as a show, before we get to your live review, I thought it was a solid show. It's probably, to me, the weakest of all the Brooklyn shows, I'd say. Yeah, yeah I, I, I would say so, too. I mean, um, from a standpoint of keeping me on my feet, like the, the first match really blew the, the house down. Yeah. 
And by the time it reached the end of the ma- the end of the show with that last man standing match, th- the way you know last man standing matches are typically you know laid out, it it doesn't really it to me that matches should be more of like a middle of the card show. Um, yeah, because it, it's the long match that leads you to the rest of the like you can get a you can get like a a, a cool down match after that. Right. And essentially the last man standing main event, it's like there was a lot of cool. And, and to be fair, it was an action packed match. I'm not going to like they didn't spend a lot of time laying around like in most WWE produced last okay. man standing matches. But I, I still think that it was kind of like plotting and really slow. Like the match went like 32 minutes. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a it's a great match. Um, the entire show, just in general, just the energy around it, just the energy coming into it. Um, shit, should I just do my... Yeah, just go ahead. Go ahead. All right. So, you know, I'm very excited going to NXT TakeOver. Um, Copped the tickets a couple weeks ago. I'm very excited. Um, shout out to Rob, Ugly New York. He was also there. I saw him. Shout out to Jeff J Says on Twitter. Jeff J, um, long time, you know, wrestle rap, you know, friend. Um, saw him at the show too. He gave me some great advice on the lookout and things like that. Um, I think the only thing, the energy outside was hot, great until it started like really pouring. Like it just started really raining. Outside. Oh, it was raining. It was yes. raining. It started wow. raining <laughs> incredibly. Um, so everyone sort of rushed inside, but the only, the, the, my first of, I would say multiple problems. And I don't think any of the problems had to do with WWE, but well, actually the first one I actually kind of did, the show started an hour early. Yeah, it was. It, well, they, they've been I feel like they do this because they know that uh, SummerSlam goes long. I, but I had no idea. The, the, <laughs> so I had no idea the show started an hour early. Maybe that's my fault from not actually buying the tickets from Ticketmaster and buying the tickets from StubHub, which I will get to later. Um, I had no idea the show started early. You look on the tickets, it says show start, be in the building by 7.15. The past three NXT TakeOver Brooklyn's and just the last NXT TakeOver itself, you know, the show starts at 8. The pre-show where you watch all the matches beforehand starts at about 7. You get there, you get the, you know, you get there, you get a nice little seat, you get to see NXT TV for the week, and then you go on into the show. I did not know the show started 7-something. So I'm literally waiting for Carlos. Carlos shows up um after seven because the trains are fucked up if you've ever been to nyc this is the thing the trains are always messed up um we get there like probably now after watching the match we reach there probably about like eight minutes into the first match oh my god <laughs> which is terrible because it's the mustache mountain versus you know undisputed era match which just is the fucking that's the match you want to see and i found out that i missed bianca belair which i hated and i found out i missed um pete dunn pete, pete dunn i hate again because i fuck it. I love Pete Dunne. I love Bianca Belair. I would have loved to see them. Miss both of them. Um, me and Carlos, we're, we're getting to their seats and we look at the tickets and we're just like, we're in row five, seats six and seven. So we look and I go down, the, the row split in half. So I go down one row and the row starts at seven. Oh and <laughs> literally on the other side of the row, the other row ends at six. So the tickets of the seats that were supposed to be together they're on opposite sides of the row what the fuck so carlos sat essentially for the first 15 minutes of the show until we just said fuck it because no one came to sit next to me um he sat on one side of the the row and i sat on the other side of the row i get really bad anxiety about stuff like that like especially if i got a ticket with someone i feel like it's just 
the end of the world if like something like that happens. I was my anxiety. Yes, my anxiety was definitely flaring up. I was just like, "What is going on here?" I couldn't believe it. I was, I was very much so like, I can't scream at Ticketmaster because I got this from StubHub. Um, and they'll laugh at your face. They'll be like, "Uh, yeah." <laughs> it's like, "Where'd you get this from?" <laughs> um, so essentially. I had like two seats free next to me. No one showed up the entire night. If they told you it was a sold out show, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> by by virtue of those two seats next to me. Now there were a couple other seats free in my section too, but definitely, you know, it wasn't a complete sold out show. So I said pretty much I said after the Velveteen match, and me and the fact that me and Carlos are like texting back and forth about this, and we're both at the show, and we're both like 15 feet apart it was getting on my nerves i was like just come over whoever comes just i don't like to be the guy because if you go to a movie theater with assigned seats i'm always the guy who's like i that that doesn't sound like my problem you guys got to get up like i'll kick up people i'll kick people out my seat like I'll, i'll do that for sure um so we sat there and no one came the entire night we enjoyed the rest of the show um the the e, the EC3 and Velveteen Dream match was just a fair match. It was a solid by the WWE books encounter. Yeah, um, I thought that that match to me was was it was it was a real test for both men. I think EC3 needed that big time match because I mean the latter match it was a, it was a tandem it was like a a group effort there, and this one's a big one because not only does he have to have a stellar match, but he has to have a stellar match against someone who's not like a Alistair Black or a Cassius Ono so to speak. And Vel- on Velveteen's side, he had to actually prove that he could wrestle kind of like a big man style too, because he was doing a lot of the bumping in that match. It was a weird sort of the way the, the crowd reacted for both. They were both beloved, but at the same time, the crowd loved Velveteen just a little bit more. Um, Velveteen played up to the crowd a little bit more to me, his entire, and, and you know what I was listening to, um, I was listening to Steve Austin and Wade Keller um, because they reviewed the SummerSlam and NXT shows. And I usually don't listen to, you know, Steve Austin's podcast much anymore just because he has various et cetera guests on there. But when he talks wrestling, I'm in there because he is truly he's got it down to science completely. And he was just wondering about the call up Vince. I think Wade was more interested about the call up Vince on his tights because that's something where, you know, apparently Triple H said, you know, he didn't know it was going to be happening. You kind of want to be careful when you're playing it too close to the, you know, you could essentially not just ruin yourself, just your character wise, but you could ruin yourself backstage too if you keep doing these like rebellious type of things. I mean, at least that was brought up, but I thought it was a very nice touch. Um, but to me, Velveteen Dream has always been a student of the game and he knows what's going to make the crowd pop. And it, it, he's a, he, he's clearly someone who I can 100% sure he was on forums arguing with other wrestling fans. I can believe that. <laughs> I believe with that. With a burner account. He's got a Reddit burner account. I, I, I 100% believe it. I, I believe it 100% entirely. He is too, he's too invested in this. Um, then we had uh, Adam Cole versus Ricochet. I thought it was match of the night to me. I, I, I love that match. To me, I'm gonna, I'm still gonna go with the tag match because I love a good tag team match. Um, but that match, man, that match had sort of it, it played out as perfect as you can get with those two involved. Listen, I was always a Adam Cole detractor. I was someone who was like who didn't get the hype. 
this guy's really turned it around in a year and and really like a lot of people say a lot of these indie guys come in already made to the develop to the performance center adam cole to me wasn't complete yet and just in one year from promos to the matches to just the way he carries himself he is a star and that match proved it i i think that he was able to not only make people like dislike him, even though they loved Adam Cole and the Undisputed, Undisputed Era, they're the most overacts. And I, I think if Alistair had shown up uh, at Brooklyn, he probably would have got a bigger pop. Well, but- you, you know what? I, I, I can't completely say that because last year at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, I went to, you know, I went to that show and there were Bullet Club shirts all over the place. This year, it was completely flooded with Undisputed Era. I mean, they've kind of like taken over the market as terms of that cool wrestling group that everyone wants to be a fan of. Like, yeah. They're really, they're really, really popular. Like, and I think that if there was any type of issues about, oh, I'm like, oh, his, his size worried me or whatever. Like, it went out the window with this match. I think he and Ricochet, I'd love to see two or three more of these. I thought this was a fucking fantastic match. That super kick out of the... The, the, the moonsault. Spring, the springboard moonsault. I kid you not, that was the most genuine reaction I had all night in terms <laughs> of just... I sounded like Joey Styles. I was just like, oh my, oh my God. Oh my, that was the most genuine reaction I've had all night. The crowd went up for that. The crowd went up for the, the tope backflip over the top rope. The crowd went up for Ricochet winning. I mean, it was, it was a great moment. I didn't call it, but I'm glad it happened. Yeah. I, um, I, I, I love that they waited to do this. I always thought, and I think when he first came in, when they announced the belt, I was like, this belt is going to be the Ricochet Adam Cole belt. And, you know, they, they've done it perfectly. I think that this storyline is not over between those two. I'd put them in a gimmick match in, in L.A., honestly, and, and have it be like a ladder match or something. And I think that that would be like the best way to kind of cap it off and have Ricochet go into 2019 with that belt uh, against any, you know, anyone new, like a, maybe a Matt Riddle or somebody uh, right. coming up. Uh, the next match, uh, Kyrie Sane, Shannon Baszler. You know what? I did like that match. I like great. It was a great match. I think I like that, the match. I think I said this on the show last week. They have great chemistry. I think if anyone on that roster has great chemistry with Shayna Baszler, it's Kyrie Sane. They've they've worked together before. One, I, mm-hmm. and two. I think that Kyrie actually subtly changed her own in ring stuff to match Shayna Baszler during this match, where it's like it was about her killer instinct. And then she, you saw a more aggressive Kyrie saying, like, like the way she hit this insane elbow in this match had me like, I'm, I feel bad for her hip. You know, I think just overall Kyrie saying in the last couple of months is not only has she sort of transformed in the ring. I think she's also bulked up in a little bit in size just in general, because she, I, I, I just feel like she was way smaller coming into this than she was in this sort of show. Um but the way they played off of each other and the way Shayna Baszler plays the bully and and, and, and Kyrie Sane plays the underdog, I think that's just something you could get behind. You didn't really even need to know the full story behind it to know that it's this big bully named Shayna Baszler who has all the MMA experience and the MMA friends and the, just a tough, a tough chick against, you know, this hero of Kyrie Sane. And it really played up well in front of the crowd. I think... Um, I think the crowd wasn't completely into it when it started, but by the end of the match, I think they really fell in love with how Kyrie Sane came away with the victory. And of course, Kyrie Sane won the match. I think that uh, I think that rematch will be happening uh, sooner than later. I think it'll probably be happening at, at uh, Evolution and not Takeover. 
Uh, because I, I believe they'll want to get the May Young Classic winner against uh, Kyrie, probably. And they'll probably call up uh, Shayna by the end of that. But I, I really like the match. I think it was probably, to me, the best NXT women's match in a, a long, long, long time. Oh, since last year, to me. Yeah, I think I think about a year. And I think, to me, I'll even go as far as to say, just re-watching it. I've watched it three times at this point. It's probably top five to me. As far as NXT goes, it's a great fucking match. Loved it's it. a great, it's a great match. It's been a long time since we've got a match of that quality, with you know, t- you know, the women involved. The NXT women have been going through kind of restructuring, kind of figuring themselves out. It's really a reboot of the entire division. Um, there's no one there that was there when it started. A lot of these women are still in the in the process of figuring things out. A lot of them are still green. Um, there hasn't been a lot of introduction of like you know independent talents as of yet i think we'll get that when io comes in and and, and a few women from the may young classic um come in um, yeah absolutely but um, and then you had the the main event uh gargano champa four was it four or actually well if you count this continuity it's three um i i'm not gonna lie i was a little i gave it four stars but i was a bit disappointed by the match i think just the the specter of alistair black and me being bummed that he's not he wasn't in the match i think it would have really helped this match out a lot in, in my opinion i i just think that there is and listen i'll never complain about a match between these two but i will comp- i will say that it's, it's too early I, I thought it was too early for this match already i think well, yeah, I, I 100% believe. I think a lot of the things that are supposed to happen in context, and I remember talking about this last week, that at this point, Johnny Gargano doesn't deserve to win because he's kind of transformed himself into this guy that he's not and trying to hope to overcome via that. When the story should have been a metamorphosis and trying to figure out himself and internally realizing that, listen, I have to... You know, I can only win by being myself and I can only win by being Johnny Wrestling. And I think that's the story they wanted to tell. But with the Aleister Black, um, you know, the the injury, they kind of had to not just fast forward things, but in, in a sense, just have a match that wasn't supposed to be there. Yeah. Um, and it have been, and how'd you feel about the finish? Because they, they had a very and of course, the finish was. The crowd was confused, by the way. The yeah. crowd was the crowd thought literally everyone coming out is Johnny Gargano's a fucking loser. <laughs> yeah, because well, I well Triple H said that the finish was supposed to be different, but Johnny hurt his 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 knee dislocated it, I believe. Oh, uh and, but you know in NXT, like they don't ever tell you injury reports there, so we don't really know what's going on. But essentially, for some strange reason, he handcuffed Champa to the LED board gave him a knee, hit his knee, and they both fell down, and Champa stood up. And that was it. And I thought the finish took this took the wind out of that match. I, I was like, all right, that get these two away from each other for a while. Not even just the wind out of that match, but the wind out of the entire series of matches. You think of the brutal victories that both of them have had in their previous two encounters, and then you kind of think of, like, this is how it ends. And don't get me wrong, I think it's great. It, it it kind of you kind of lose a bit for Champa as well, and you lose a bit for Gargano. But in the end, it's probably the best for Champa to kind of sneak away with the victory. Yeah, it doesn't um, it? Did, the ending didn't make them look either of them look weak. It made it made Gargano look stupid, but it didn't make him look unsalvageable. I, but I don't think it made Champa look any better, to be quite honest. Well, he's a he's but a shit heel. He didn't yeah, he, he didn't job he didn't job like he he didn't. And that's what they did the last man standing, which they were supposed to do last time last takeover. But of course, they had the Nakamura AJ Styles uh, 
match in on that take or the, on but what was it back backlash what was it money Chicago? in the bank money oh. in the bank um but it made it so that neither of them could get pinned but neither of them could kind of like look stupid for losing that match but i just feel like having the third person there in alistair black would have kind of shook things up a bit I, and i always said that if alistair was in that match i, I do believe he was going to get the title back because they don't need it and and i think this match showed that they don't need the title because gargano what, what was gargano's i thought you know i um i feel like the the match would have been it would have spiraled off into a feud of Champa or Gargano versus Black or something like that. Yeah, some one of those. I thought I thought it would have always spiraled into that. Um, but yeah, you may be right. Yeah, I, I just think it would have added a lot more to that. So I mean, overall, I, I gave the show an eight point five. Um, I I, I, I I didn't go lower. I because I gave it that because I didn't go lower than three for anything on this on the show. Yeah, I mean, you know what? It, it was a fine show. Um, you know, I think a lot of people were surprised that it started early. Um, in terms of my live report for the show, a lot of people were surprised it started early. Um, a lot of people were surprised it ended early. Um, I think people <laughs> expected a very much longer show. And when we were all out by 930, we were kind of wondering what we were going to do. And go eat! Well, no. <laughs> you go around to eat and every place is like jammed up with wrestling fans. And don't get me wrong. I don't know if you've ever been to the Barclays Center. I don't know if this happens at every show, but after every NXT TakeOver or maybe every SummerSlam, there is literally a wrestling match outside of Barclays Center with hundreds of fans circled around these like two random, like gotta be drunk guys or you got just, just marks, just crazy, who are just like fighting and having this like fake match with like a fake referee and everything. It's literally happened at all four TakeOver Brooklyn's. New York um, is different. It's th- Listen, all right, let me tell you a few a few more tidbits about my live show. There is definitely this this guy behind me. The most he loved all the heels. <laughs> he, he was hilarious. My man when Champa came out, he sung Drake in my feelings but replaced Kiki with Champa. Oh lord. And he was New York, just, New York is different. Champa, do you love me? Are you riding? And literally everyone in the fucking section cracks up. I thought that was hilarious as well. Um just a, a quick thing. After it, I emailed StubHub <laughs> because StubHub. I looked through their entire section. I was like, you know what? Let me before I go off on somebody. Let me go see what they said. StubHub has a part in the in their you know their frequently asked questions where it's like guaranteed every seat. If you order more than one seat, they will be next to each other, guaranteed. And so I, I I chatted with them. I was like, "Hey, my, you you guys guaranteed it," and I wasn't guaranteed. I literally had to text with my you know with the person I went with for so long, and they were like, "Oh, we're unfortunately we're sorry, but it's more a problem with the venue. You should take it up with the venue." And I'm like, "I can't take it up with the venue because I ordered from you guys. Like the, the tickets aren't under my name. Why would I be able to? Why would I argue with the venue or Ticketmaster when it's under your guys' jurisdiction at this point?" They young scooter finessed you. That's they happened. they said the best we can do is offer you twenty five percent of your money back, and I was like, "That's the best you guys can do, twenty five percent." You know what? I might boycott StubHub right now. It, it, hashtag boycott StubHub because you know they're not hashtag, hashtag Black Champion hashtag boycott StubHub. Sea Geek, if you got the if you you know if you want to throw the truck at us, 
to throw the bag at us, please do so. I'm ready for some SeatGeek promos. I'm tagging SeatGeek in, in this tweet. Let's let's do it. Let's get it. Let's get it. All right, but let's run through Raw and SmackDown, and we're going to kind of weave in our SummerSlam thoughts throughout uh, our show reviews this week. Um, let's just do it. Because SummerSlam is so fucking long. Um, so, I mean, overall, what are your thoughts on how, SummerSlam, how, how Raw is left with SummerSlam? Of course, Roman Reigns finally won the Universal <laughs> title. Ronda Rousey finally beat... Uh, Alexa Bliss and we, we really feel like I really felt like on this show we got kind of like a new or at least for two hours of it that we had a new era of, of, of Raw you know you're probably right um, you got a new era of Raw literally I believe besides the tag team champions which were still stuck in that era um, <laughs> every championship changed hands um, on Monday Night Raw the money in the bank stayed the same I thought you know what in terms of just story and making things intriguing and making things interesting this is just it Raw is on a better course with Dean Ambrose back with Roman Reigns as the universal champion which Ronda Rousey as the champion it kind of you got the championships off of these like placeholder champions who weren't really contributing much to the story and yeah. and the story surrounding them was pretty much it was very stop and go it was like oh we're starting the story and then we're going to repeat this you know they're running away from the champion for three weeks four weeks after so i thought it was, i thought it was a good you know i thought it was a for raw i thought it was a very progressive show yeah things actually things actually happened and um let's get right into ronda rousey's awkward i, I don't think monday was a great start for her uh for her reign it had it started with stephanie mcmahon coming out bringing out all of the women talent onto the uh onto the ring and basically doing the same promo that she did back in like march or april about ronda saying she was ronda's protege and i was like this feels like she's done this before but this is all just to get ronda more over as she broke uh, stephanie's arm again again like for the third time (laughs) yeah it was weird but like I, i thought ronda came off really well on the promo but uh, un- unlike on, on the match against Alexa, her talking, th- did you hear how loud they were calling spots on that match? Yeah. Yeah. I like did. She would, she'd always ask her, like, are you ready? And, it's like, and Alexa's like, yeah. And I'm just like, uh. I mean, this is the part where, I mean, this is, this is what we had to go through. I mean, I don't think Alexa Bliss is the type of ring general in the ring to be able to dictate a match and ho- hopefully, you know, get that across. But yeah, this is what we have to essentially go through right now. I don't think it's a terrible. I think it's expected. But yeah, it was a, the segment was awkward on Monday. The, I, and I think it was more awkward because you've got you've got women in that that were surrounding that ring that were former champions and you know stuff like that. And I, I it just kind of there are rarely ever a time where I'll say like Ronda's kind of taking a they're they're kind of doing too much with her character. This was one of those weird moments for me where it was like, all right, like the segment was too much. Yeah, let's scale back with this because there are I mean, you got Sasha and Bailey right there. Like I don't on, think, they, yeah, I don't think you needed to bring out the entire roster of women. I don't think we need to continue, at least for this segment where you're trying to promote Ronda Rousey, try to also make it as an excuse of just like it's women empowerment and it's women era. This segment is about Ronda Rousey. Let it be about Ronda Rousey. Yeah. You don't need to start kind of shoehorn in the women's evolution move, movement because it kind of makes everyone on the outside kind of look like chumps because they're all contenders. They all want the championship. Why are they raising Ronda Rousey's hand at the end of this? And she's kind of like, yeah, raise my hand. Like it wasn't more like a everyone just like crowning Ronda Rousey, the new you know person of Raw. It was kind of like, 
Ronda Rousey was like, yeah, raise my hand. Like, and you know, Sasha Banks can't fake the funk. Um, yeah, not at all. She can't <laughs> fake at all. <laughs> Her and Bailey rolling their eyes. I'm just like, all right, grow up. All right, come on. <laughs> but I, I don't blame them. I honestly don't blame them. It's a lot of attention that I'm sure both of them want. They've been stuck in this program for what seems to be a long time. Nine I don't months. know. Yeah, Nine I don't know. Months. I don't know what the end of it is. Everyone's like speculating women's tag team championships. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I don't either. I, there's not enough women on either show to validate having a tag team championship. So it's really like, where does it go? Uh, how do you feel about a rumored match that is going to be happening at Evolution? Probably going to be the main event, to be honest. Uh, Nikki Bella versus Ronda Rousey. Everyone is in such a uproar about this match. Uh, I am not. <laughs> but how do you feel about it? You know, I think the match just needs... I think if they started telling the story of the match, besides Nikki Bella just sitting ringside at all Ronda Rousey matches, it might be. I, I think they could pass it off a little bit better. These were two of the most hot, high-profile women in the company. Let's throw them in a match together for you know eyes on it. Um, that detracts from people's excitement about the match, especially internet wrestling fans who don't like that. Um, I, they're the, but like you said, they're the biggest. They are the biggest draws i mean just look at their popularity like they're no, too I very popular i agree 100 percent, but i don't feel like that should be a justification for having this match i feel like if the story was a genuine competition like i'm i'm expecting nikki bella next week monday on raw to call out ronda rousey that's what i'm expecting but then they have such of- a long time though so like that match we got two months to evolution, or really, really a month left. left but I evolution. feel like I really feel like I really, really feel like they need to start now putting this match together. To be quite honest with you, because it's a, it's a match that there's no prior history. Nikki Bella's not in the ring um, on a weekly basis. Ronda Rousey isn't either. Um, they need to start telling the story of this match, and it can't just be a match that happens. Like it needs to be something that's built so to make people intrigued for the actual match, and I think it's possible to have it done. I think Nikki Bella is a is 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 great in the ring, and she has a you know she moves, and I think Ronda Rousey is you know a natural as well. But I think they need to start telling that story. Well, they started on SummerSlam, of course. At SummerSlam, they showed up and said that they were going to be in uh, Ronda's corner, which led people to think that they would interfere, but they didn't, and I'm glad that they didn't. <laughs> but I I do. I'm excited for the match. I think that it will it will go off really, really well. Um, and I think, you know, you have Ronda who Lord knows how long she'll stay. And you have Nikki, Lord knows how long her neck will allow her to do this. So I, I say you, you, you strike while the iron's hot and do it now and then leave it up till next year's evolution to do whatever you want to do there. This is the first one. And I still think it's going to be a fun show. Um, Kurt Angle, the GM of Raw, was put on a leave of absence. How do you feel about this? I'm all for it. I mean, you know what? I felt like Baron Corbin leaned a lot into his own character with this uh, because just the segment that sort of set it up, I think Baron Corbin did a great job, which is something that I never actually ever say ever, uh, (laughs) ever. But he essentially really, really did. He did a great job in this. I think we need a break from Kurt Angle. I think Kurt Angle's brain needs a break from (laughs) showing up on Monday's Night Raw because the man is just, you know, it's, he lost control of the show on many different occasions. His brain is scrambled. The, the things that he's done, 
I think the, just the injuries that are happening on his watch, the Kevin Owens flying off of the cage and, you know, an Alexa Bliss arm being broken. He also nearly got his ass kicked by Ronda Rousey. So, you know what? I think it would do for a break to sort of build up. I think Kurt needs a reset. Yes. That's, that's yes. what I think it needs. Yes, he needs a reset. And I think he needs to be reset into like a part-timer where he can come back and wrestle during big events like Survivor Series that's coming up. And leave it at that. I think you would. I think I, it's been a while since Ross had a heel GM. I think uh, Baron Corbin fits that because he's a guy that I don't think he will ever get a title anytime soon. And he's also a guy that I think would flourish in that role. And I, I, I like Constable Corbin or I like the former Constable Corbin. I'm ready to see what GM Corbin has because honestly, they had to kind of do this with the, the face and heel alignments kind of they've been switched around again so to speak at the end of the show so when they made that decision i knew something probably big was going to happen on the face side to kind of balance everything out so i'm looking forward to seeing like roman and all those guys against against uh corbin it's a really good really good uh choice for wwe to make there uh speaking of people getting injured and you mentioned kevin owens earlier uh not on the show this week um where, where does he go from here also in need of a hard reset of his character quite yes. honest with you because He's faced he's faced relatively everyone on SmackDown. He's faced everyone on Raw in the capacity that he's in right now, which is the heel that he is. I think really the only direction for him is to turn him face, and it, and I think we really need to start establishing that and how we do that moving forward because Kevin Owens is, I think, just a character in general is stale, and then the everything that they've given him over the last couple months that have not made him look strong or have made him look smart or have made him look anything. It just continues to be a detriment to his character overall. From he was, when he, go he ahead. Was, he was squashed out on SummerSlam. One minute, one minute match against Braun Strowman. We thought that Kevin Owens was going to give him a fight and uh, he didn't. And I thought that that was one of the most surprising things that happened. I, that was one of the, the biggest there's a big booking decision that I hated on that show, but I mean, that was one of the booking decisions that just perplexed me was jobbing out Kevin Owens in one minute. And then, you know, I, I do think, I do agree that he does need a, a big reset and he does need a character change. And I think that opening it up to have Kevin Owens as a face, I guess all of the heels on raw right now, or even put him in a tag or, or something like that. Like, cause honestly, if you were to think about it, Kevin Owens is probably going to face Bray Wyatt soon. Yeah. That's going to that's gonna be his program because those are the two guys that are kind of on the same level and then the same level in the mid card. So, like, that's where they would go from there. Unless he starts facing like Mojo Rawley or Bobby Roode or something. Oh, man. I, I, I actually think that Bobby Roode and Kevin Owens can make a really good match. Yeah. But then it's Bobby Roode. I don't know. It's just they, they fumbled it with Bobby as well. Um, but then again, we didn't really have that much like to go off of with him. Yeah, so, you know, it's interesting to see how they sort of go from here, but I'd, I'm hoping face turn. I'm, that's what I'm hoping. Uh, we had a b- tremendous main event on Raw between Finn Balor and Roman Reigns. They finally gave Finn Balor his, uh, his rematch for the Universal title. They had a really good 20-minute match. Um, I mean, not much to say here that hasn't already been said. I think those, these two have great chemistry. They proved that two years ago when they faced each other on Raw. Um, and I, I really... You know, the, the finish was never in doubt there. Of course, they're not going to swap it to Finn there. But I, I thought it was a really good match. And I think, as this, like, the one thing that WWE's been doing that's been kind of funny and, and kind of cool also, they're levying your, your disappointment with Roman winning with other shit to kind of throw you off. So SummerSlam, you have Braun come out and say he was going to cash in on whoever won. On Raw, 
you had the return of, again, The Shield. You know, Vince McMahon is a genius in that behalf. Yes. Because for just the way that SummerSlam main event went out, they they volleyed the disappointment in that match entirely. The like what we thought was going to happen, everyone was ready to shit on that match until Braun Strowman came out. When Braun Strowman came out, it essentially became like the story of Braun Strowman's going to cash in. So it kind of detracted from the match, detracted enough away from the match where everyone's not booing. They're anticipating Braun Strowman, but still cheering the action in the ring. Roman Reigns wins the match, um, but Brock Lesnar takes out Braun Strowman in the interim, and then he, he escapes as champion. Um, he literally escaped with, I think, before the crowd even realized that the cash-in wasn't going to happen. The show already went off air. And they were they they put that show off air quick. Like literally, <laughs> as soon as he got on the turnbuckle, the show was over. Yeah, they were just like, get a high angle shot and let's get out of here. Um, <laughs> they but the they did the same thing with the the Roman Reigns you know Finn Balor match where they had Braun Strowman once again you know say he's going to cash in. You had that sort of match. Don't get me wrong, but Roman Reigns versus Finn Balor, incredible match. That that match was that match we've needed that type of energy on Raw where it's just like this championship is on the line and we could have lost it. Um, shout out to also Finn Balor returning as the demon on Sunday for a major pop. Um, that match is perfectly booked too. Perfectly. I think I think in any other circumstances the crowd would not have been for that match, especially the match that lasted just a little bit over ninety seconds. But when you bring in the demon, it kind of changes the entire thing and. Um, you know, we didn't, I, we didn't predict that. No one predicted the demon either. So I thought that was an even better uh, way to, to make the crowd happy because it was in a spot on that show where it was basically like the piss break spot. But when you, as soon as the lights went out, I'm pretty sure a lot of people ran back to their seats because they knew it was about to happen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. One hundred percent. So I thought that was an amazing job. Um, the Roman Reigns from Balor match was incredible. And then once again, we get Braun Strowman coming out, but we get another surprise all after the fact. Yes, the, I, I've. Listen, if you ever doubted that the Shield was like their biggest, their biggest uh, commodity, really post kind of like John Cena, that's it. That's your proof that this segment was your proof. The Shield, you doesn't matter what year, doesn't matter when, how, who, like not who, but doesn't matter. They're going to get a pop when you they when you hear the house, man. dog. That pop was amazing. I, I and I thought again, really smart to put them back in the same spot that they were at before they all got injured last year too. It was incredible. It was a match that was just, you know, it was a moment in itself. And then they took out bronze and now it leaves the question of how does Braun retaliate? How does that? And that's really what you want from raw. You want, you want in the sense of just being like going into the next week, being like, I want to know what's going to happen next, as opposed to the sort of, you know, end of raw where it's just like, Okay, so I guess we're going to get Roman versus Brock at SummerSlam. Like, you know that going, but you want to be able to build that intrigue and say, what's going to happen next? Where does Kevin Owens go from here? Where does, you know, Braun Strowman go from here? Where does the Shield go from here? Is this a one night only thing or are they back together for life? Like, you want to figure that out. Um, I thought just there was a lot of Raw that I didn't care for um, on Monday, but they by by all means, by the end of the show, they nailed it and knocked it out the park. Absolutely. I really, really thought that uh, a lot of Raw was more good than bad, but there's still, you know, signs of foolishness on that show. But uh, going into SmackDown, and I, I really want to have a conversation about this because it's it's the one thing that's kind of stuck with a lot of people. SummerSlam was a great show. I don't I don't think that we, I think we both agree with that. Um, 
But there was one booking decision on that show that just made no types of sense. And that was the, the, the turnout of the Becky uh, Lynch, Charlotte Flair, Carmella match. Charlotte wins, pins Becky. Uh, and then Becky turns on Charlotte at the end of the match. On SmackDown, we finally get to hear her, uh, her reasoning behind this. And I, it's... I, I stand to say this right now. I, I, I stay pretty, like, pretty positive on a lot of things. This is probably one of their biggest fumbles they've ever done. I think it's the biggest fumble, not just short term, but also long term as well. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I don't know how. And I say, like, how do they fix it from here? I don't know how they fix it. Just the way that they had Becky come off on SmackDown on Tuesday. They a rush segment. Like a rushed, very rushed delivery of the fact, like I'm an asshole now, and you guys are now, uh, you guys were never behind me, even though the crowd clearly was. So don't now get me wrong, don't get me wrong. Becky delivered that promo like a fucking expert. That was a great promo. Really, I don't, I don't agree. I thought that she was great in that promo. I just I, don't think that the words meant a lot to me. I or thought the it crowd. was. I thought it was rushed. I thought she didn't believe the words. I thought she was making up a lot of nonsense. Whereas with great heels, there's always an inkling of truth behind it. And, and granted, they're like, oh, you didn't boycott SummerSlam when, you know, Charlotte got in the match. I agree with that. But at the same time, it's also like, you don't believe this. It, it, from her facial reactions, you could tell she didn't fully believe it because she she knew the crowd was cheering and it was kind of getting to her at you know little moments. She was like, you know, she was trying to hold back a smile in a sense. I felt like it just wasn't completely there. Um, I think this is bad for WWE long term if you're building towards the Charlotte versus Ronda Rousey match at WrestleMania because you're essentially building it where uh, just both brands orbit around these two, you know, massive stars, but they, neither of them have the likability. They're not sympathetic. Yeah. And you, know, you want me to believe that Charlotte is in the right here when all she did was show up and get a title shot. And you want me to cheer her for pinning her best friend and then moving on and winning the title. She, Becky's right. I don't know how the fuck and what city she's not going to get cheered in. But if they fight this like they did Rusev Day for all those months, they're going to end up with a Roman Reigns problem on their hands when they want. And I believe that they want Charlotte to main event that WrestleMania card next year. This is going to be a big problem. I think the fact they're thinking about Hell in a Cell um, and building up this quickly. A lot of things happen. Like, I think a mat, a, a Something that would normally happen over the course of like two, three weeks on Raw happened in like nine minutes on SmackDown. Like between the promo, between, you know, Charlotte giving her own opinion and then just running out. You know, I think everything happened very, very quickly and it's all rushed. It makes it clear that they're trying to just like push this. It's like, please hate Becky and please hate her against Carmella because they're about to have a match. Like I I thought that was, you know, the story to me, I, I just... I didn't believe the Becky Lynch promo as much as it is. And I want to believe her and I want to support her because we all love Becky Lynch, but that's the problem. We love Becky Lynch. Yeah. We, we waited for her to get to this, this point. And you mean to tell me when you finally give this to her, she's a heel. Like no one wants to see her as a heel win the title. They want to see her overcome and win the title. Like our, our thoughts on the promo aside, it was a bad promo. Like, like it was a bad, it was, it was a bad promo just as far as the writing goes. It's like, I've never seen them whiff this badly on something that should have been a home run. Like ideally, if you wanted to do the turn, 
have Becky win the title, then turn. That made more sense. That would have made more wanted, sense. If you wanted to do a turn, they should have replaced Becky Lynch with Asuka. <laughs> or that. I mean, either either way, either or. Like, And, and listen, I, I think it's ridiculous that Asuka's not on these shows either. But, yeah. at the end, but at the end of the day, it's like, how are we supposed to... So this is the program going in. This is a program that's supposed to kind of get them to evolution, which I'm not sure what title or who's going to have the title at that point. But it's like, come on, man. Like... Even if Charlotte, I, and I feel honestly strongly, I don't feel like she's going to have the title that long. And that's just, that's just how I feel about it right now. Mm-hmm. Then why, why give it to her at all? I just don't get it. I don't understand it. Like with Alexa, like, like Alexa winning the title and Money in the Bank, we knew why she was winning the title there, right? We knew that right. she was going to lose in a SummerSlam. And she played the transitional champion perfectly. But this, there was a big difference between that and Charlotte where if she is, and I really do believe she won't have this title that long because just the way things are going to be set up soon for her facing Rousey, then why would you not have Charlotte chase it? Because that makes her a better baby face anyway. I don't get it. Everything doesn't make sense with this. Like it's, it's, they kind of fumbled it very, very, they, they fumbled it crazy. It's, it's terrible. It was a terrible segment on the show. It's probably on a show. I love SmackDown as a show. This it's a, it's a, to me it, it wasn't just a, it wasn't a terrible segment it was just disappointing in general it was just like why is this happening like why, it, why? she went out too sad she went out so sad like i i just don't know how they were like how do they finally fix this like i watched the i rewatched the promo on uh on, on youtube they cut out the parts of her saying that she didn't like the fans anymore and, yeah. you know, you, usually you don't read into stuff like that, but usually sometimes you, you do look, you read into something like that. I wonder if next week when they're in Toronto, they course correct this somewhat. Remember, they course corrected Nia Jax when she came off his two heel uh, in the Ronda Rousey match. I wonder if they course correct this. And I wonder how you course correct this, because at the end of the day, it's like this is set in stone. Like people aren't just going to forget that. I think they happened. don't. I really don't think they do. I really don't. I think we're all forward, you know, have forward under Charlotte and Becky Lynch blood rivalry for the next couple months. Terrible, terrible, uh, terrible as ever. But I mean, Becky, she's a, she's a great, she's a great woman, great wrestler, great performer. I think she'll try and make this work. I agree. I, I feel for you, girl, for real. I really feel for you, but, um, you know, I'll still root for you. I'm cheering. Hey, listen, ain't nobody cheering Charlotte. They're in Toronto. <laughs> They're in Toronto next week, Mills. Good luck. It's, it's weird. That was weird. That was weird. Good I luck. don't know. Good luck, buddies. Uh, the AJ Styles and Samoa Joe segment was really good. And I thought that the match uh, uh, SummerSlam was really good. An example of how you make a DQ work. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think, you know, just the fact I, I loved how furious Joe was afterwards that he fumbled his opportunity at winning the WWE championship, um, throughout, throughout his entire thing. Um, I love just, I, I just know. think just, just, just how ruthless and how much it looks like, even though he's playing a character, how much Joe looks like he's enjoying this. Like he just looks really sadistic. He's having a good moment. Like he literally SmackDown was one of the SmackDown was a a landmark promo. That was the moment where you just like, oh, this is real. Yeah, yeah. And I love that he interrupted. Uh, that he interrupted AJ and it showed that he could be anywhere. He could be anywhere. Like AJ is not safe anywhere he goes. I I really think that Joe and, and 
I mean, I know they're not going to pull the trigger on this. Of course, they're extending this to Hell in a Cell. Like, what, what would you think about a Hell in a Cell match between AJ and Samoa Joe? I don't like these two guys aren't really high flyers, but they can get brutal. And I think that I would love a Hell in a Cell match between them as a brutality, uh, brutality wise. I think I, I think we're, we're we're definitely going to see it, and I'm not mad at it at all. Um, you know, I just it seems just like the next you know part of the story. I'm I'm, I'm with it. I'm really with it. Um. The follow-up to Miz versus Daniel Bryan. I listen, Mills. I I nearly went five on it. I didn't go five on it. Uh, it was my match of the night on SummerSlam. Honestly, I thought that um, Miz and Daniel Bryan is an instant classic. I really thought it was a classic. I thought it's a it's an incredibly good match. Don't get me wrong. I think they could have a better match, which is crazy to say. But this, but I, what they had on what Sunday, what they did on. Last- what they did on Sunday was perfect. What they did on Sunday in terms of, you know, understanding the crowd and, and weaving in parts of their story and also doing this like shit, you know, you know, evil heel old school thing where Maurice pulls out, you know, the brass knucks from her, from her jacket and feeds it to Miz. And that's how he wins the match. And then how they transitioned the SmackDown this week. Oh my God. It was incredible. Um, I, the, I the, really think the, that, go ahead. No, nah, that's just I, I the really, start of SmackDown this week. Yeah, I, I really think that that uh, having ways to to stop us from seeing that match next is really good. They've been doing this obviously since Brian started, just kind of stalling this match out. I don't think we mm-hmm. see this match again. Well, they, they're doing it in Australia in October, but after that, I don't think we see that match again to, to WrestleMania. And I think that it's better for it. It's they're doing it at Super Showdown, and the match is apparently a singles match to determine the number one contender for the WWE championship. And I know that you got rock hard brother. Oh my God. Oh my God. I feel it coming. I feel it coming as the weekend would say, I feel it coming. Um, <laughs> uh, so here's, here's what I think. Oh, oh, actually let's get to actually the segment on, uh, on SmackDown ended up setting up a mixed tag match between what, what we expected Maurice and the Miz versus uh, Brian and uh, Brie Bella at Hell in a Cell, which I think is going to be a really good match. And, First of all, the Brie, the Brie Bella pop for popping Miz right in the mouth. Bruh, she came, she gave him a club punch, all right? <laughs> <laughs> she went off on this dude. And I, I love that it was her punching him. Yeah. I love that because it's going gonna, it's gonna to mean a lot more when Maurice gets his hand, her hands on Brie. And I love that interplay between those two. Well, a punch has been a, 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 for in this feud forever. Like uh, the punch has been Daniel Bryan has wanted to punch the Miz ever since he was GM. Um, there was, uh, there's, uh, there's a lot of like punching back and forth things in between their story. And just the punch in itself was part of that segment before, but Brie Bella's punch, man. Oh my God. Her holding up the fist was fucking hilarious, man. I think everyone loved it. I mean, everyone did. Um, I think this is how it's going to go. I think, I think, uh, it's a crapshoot. It doesn't really matter who wins the mixed tag match. I don't think that Brian's going to lose twice, though. Nah, I think Brian and Bree is going to win. Um, I don't. I do not think Brian will pin Miz, though. They're waiting. They're they're making you wait for that. Um, I think Brian's going to obviously lose in Australia, and I think Miz will win the title from AJ. I think by I think Survivor Series is a crapshoot. No one's going to defend the title at Survivor Series anyway. I, I think mean, they should. Um, yeah, they don't defend the title, but it's usually champion versus champion. Champion versus champion. Um, well, I versus think, Roman? Hmm? No, I think it'll be AJ versus Roman. I'll give them that. I don't think I'll, that. I'll I love that. I'll, I'll let them have that match. This is a SmackDown after 
after Survivor Series or yeah. do the December pay per view. Do it at December December pay per view. So oh, you have kind of that. long though. Not really because from October Super- through they have a pay per view by then. They'll have a pay per view by then. Okay. Um, and and I'm I'm guessing that it'll be AJ Samoa Joe final time ever match at that point. Anyway, um, I think that you have Brian AJ somewhere between there. They got to get that out the way. You got to have Brian AJ have a real match, whether it be the December pay per view, whether they do what you said and do it in the, in the SmackDown after, or the I think we'll before. get. I think we'll get a Brian AJ Miz thing at Royal Rumble or something like that. Well, someone's got to win the Rumble though. Hmm. And I think that Brian someone win from the Raw, <laughs> someone from Raw. <laughs> it can't. I don't. I don't think someone from Raw is going to win the Rumble, man. I mean, I think we're too far for, to realize. But yeah, you're probably. I mean, maybe SmackDown always wins the Rumble. <laughs> <laughs> SmackDown always wins the Rumble because on Raw it doesn't matter because it's always set in stone. Well, at that point it was always set because it was going to be Roman anyway. Mm-hmm. But I, I ideally, if I'm fantasy booking this, this is fantasy. I would have Brian win the Rumble and win the title at WrestleMania and relive thirty again in New York because the, the the feud will end where it essentially the first that the the latest match started. To me, this is like Shawn Michaels, Jericho, and when right. they had that, that long feud. This this is going to be a good feud, man. I'm excited. I'm all in on the Miz, man. I'm all in. I'm a, I'm a fucking uh. What's the Miz? What's what's the the Miz? Miz, uh, Miz Hive? They don't have no. It's, it's not a Miz Hive. Hive. It's, that's that's what I branded. The A listers can be a the A listers. Let's do it. All right, A listers. I'm one of the A listers on the A show. All right. So uh, the New Day had a tremendous main event. This is the the last thing. Uh, on SmackDown, I want to get to uh, Bludgeon Brothers. They are not the tag team child, uh, tag team champions anymore. The New Day are five time champions. Uh, they beat them in a tremendous main event on SmackDown. Went, went about twenty minutes. Uh, no DQ match. Man, the New Day, the Usos, two of the two of the best tag teams of of this generation and, and possibly of all time. I agree. I mean, five time tag team champions. That's kind of unheard of in this climate, especially when WWE breaks up all the tag teams and new tag teams are formed and then they break those up too. I mean, I feel like we're getting towards a Titus, you know, worldwide breakup as well. It just seems like what they're hinting at. So it's a, it's very rare you have any two tag teams that are just long standing tag teams. And in a new day, have been doing this for the last about four years or so. Um, Usos have been doing it for a long time. Harper and Rowan also have been doing it for a long time, on and off, but also been doing it for a long time. Um, I thought it was a fantastic main event. I thought New Day winning it for five-time tag team champion was a great idea. I feel like it was an audible that was called just because there are rumors that Eric Rowan is injured. He is injured. They they confirmed it uh, a couple minutes before we started the show. They oh, really? All right. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, so Eric Rowan is injured. So I feel like this is audible. So this doesn't look good for Luke Harper, who was sparingly used when he was a singles guy. Um, yeah, especially on such a stacked show, it's going to be next man up. So, I mean, obviously you have the bar waiting. Uh, you have the club waiting. You have a bunch of tag teams that are waiting in the wings just to get their, their chance to go. And it really does suck for uh, Luke Harper because there's always a start and stop to his career. Well, we need a we need a new heel tag team on smackdown like a real strong one and i think probably sanity is probably maybe up next or yeah forgot about them too i I, there's a bunch of ways you could go thought it was interesting that biggie wasn't the one who won the titles with them Mm. Hmm. and i i think it would be really cool if they allowed him to break off and possibly face nakamura for the u.s title 
I, I would think it would be that. dope. I think it would be really, I think Nakamura and Big E would be something that would not only kind of motivate Nakamura, but would give more credence to Big E being a single star. I think it's time. It's about time for one of them to get a singles belt and have them have those, uh, have three belts instead of I just agree. Two. I agree. Uh, I, I think that was all for, for SmackDown. I, Peyton Royce picked up a win. Uh, <laughs> shout out to that. Shout out to her and shout out to her dunking on on Dave Meltzer and in, in the next week getting <laughs> getting a win. So shout out to all of that. Uh, you, got a, you got Triple H kind of promo on the Undertaker. Oh man, that happened on Raw. I I skipped through that. I thought it was going to be way more important than it was. It Are was you ex- not as important? As it important. was not. I, you don't waste don't waste Triple H appearances like that. Don't don't get me excited just to talk about the Undertaker because I don't think that match is going to be fire at all. No. I mean, it might be, you know, you never know. These are two consummate performers, man. They'll figure out a way to make it work. I think Triple H at this stage in his career is probably working the best and the smartest he's ever worked. And I think Undertaker will, you know, he'll be out there. I think it'll be a nice little nine minute match. They're going to play the hits and that's really all you could ask from them. Um, Yeah. That. Oh, oh, also, before we go, I want to tell everyone to watch 205 Live this week. The main event, just skip straight to the main event. That is one of the best matches I've seen all year. Ooh, is it between it's, TJP? No, it's oh, not. Oh, no, what's that one? It's Grand, no, skip that one. Uh, it's Grand Metalik. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm big Grand Metalik hive over here. Yeah, it, it's, fuck. Uh, why, why, I'm so bad with names this week. That's okay. Like it's, it's, it's literally the it's worst. Just, it's still it's five the, a lot. It's the, oh my God, don't say that. It's Grand Metal League and Lince Dorado Lince versus Dorado. Buddy Murphy and Tony Nese. And Tony Nese, yes. It's, it's those four. Um, spectacular match. I, I went four and four. I went four and three fourths on it. I, I really love that match. It's great. Oh my Two, God. 205 bike. Okay? 205 bike. Uh, but yeah, that's it for everything on uh, this week in wrestling. Anything else you want to talk about, Mills? Um... Nah, I mean, I had a great time, man. I just had, you know, a little, you know, ticket f- Sambu, like whatever. Snafu? Snafu. Yeah. Snafu. You just made up a whole word. I, I feel like I made up like a racial epithet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was, it was a good weekend. It was a good weekend for Brooklyn. I'll say that. And, and, and this looks like to be the last SummerSlam for a while. We get WrestleMania next year and maybe, you know, who knows what happens after that. But if this was the last, if this was the way we were going out, I think we went out a pretty good show. Awesome. Uh, and uh, as always, you can check us out on RNC Radio um, at Spotify now. We're now on Spotify. You can also catch us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher and Google Play. Um, we, we'll have all of our new shows updated as soon as they go up this week. We have late fees, Spike Lee, on Friday. It's, it's probably one of the best late fees episodes we've ever done. I, I would advise everyone to, to listen to that episode. Um, we also have The Lookout, which just dropped today, with Meals and Jeff and Ugly New York, my, our, our buddy Rob on the show. Uh, what are you guys talking about this week? We were talking about, um, God, what did we talk about? We talked about the Boo Saga, of course. We talked about um, Goku turning Super Saiyan 3, which was a thing. Um, we <laughs> yeah, talked he, about doesn't, he doesn't do it often. He doesn't do it often, but he, he didn't want that. He doesn't do it often. Um, we talked about fusions, which becomes a, a thing that they do a lot. <laughs> um, and then we talk about whatever crack they were smoking when they decided hey, Boo's the bad guy, but we're going to make him a good guy, and he's really going to spit out the actual bad guy. And then the bad guy is going to absorb the good guy 
and then they're going to become a super strong bad guy. I don't know what they were smoking on. Maybe, you know, a five-letter word that you're familiar with. But five. It, it, we, crack is five letters. I thought you were talking about another drug. Um, but we talk about all that this week on the lookout make sure you stay tuned we also had two belts this week which you can listen to where we talked about Nicki Minaj's album Queen and we also talked about Travis um, Young Thug Slime Language and and a slew of other things a lot of tours are coming up this fall that we initially had planned out and Nicki Hendrix is apparently not happening now Um, so he stay looked out for two belts as well yeah, we all we all in. We're all in here. So, uh, yeah. Until next until next week. I'm Justin. And perfect play too. Huey. Oh perfect shit! Play. Of course, perfect. But we have so many fucking shows, and this fall we have so many, but we can't announce. Uh, we can't announce all of them yet. But we also mm-hmm. have return. We have returning shows. So of course, check us out there. RNC Radio uh, playlist will be updated this week, I believe. Meals. Yes. On Friday, and the R and B and RNC next week, and I think that's everything that we have to say this week for the A show. We will see you next week. We'll be talking about more of the latest and greatest in wrestling. Until next time, I'm Justin for Meals, signing off. Goodbye. Happy Rusev Day.